Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Race to the Bottom with me, your host Joe Harmon. It's my lunch break, it's sunny this time, and so here I am recording again about two things that happened last night. Firstly is John Barnes. Now John Barnes has not spoken a thread of words that were as seminal, important, moving as the seven minutes that he spoke last night since 1990 when he uttered the John Barnes rap. Very different context of what he was talking about last night. It's on the back of a Liam Neeson confession, I suppose you can call it, slash promotion. The weirdest way to promote a movie perhaps would be to confess that in your younger years, due to a friend being raped by a black person, you went about in a rage wanting to hurt any black person you came across. That's what Liam Neeson did for his new film. Now, what he was saying, he was deeply ashamed of not the act of revenge, but the racist thoughts that he was exercising towards black people. So that came out yesterday. And as a result, there are lots of different groups, people, bodies have interpreted Liam Neeson's statement in a number of ways. Some people seem to have just listened to a very small soundbite. I suggest you either read the whole interview or listen to the whole thing. And Sky News picked this up and ran with it yesterday. Now, they chose to interview John Barnes. I wonder if they expected at all what John Barnes would be bringing to the news desk because it was absolutely spot on. It was very uncomfortable viewing because John Barnes kind of booked the narrative that I think Sky wanted to exist in this interview. It's seven minutes long. I will post a link in the show notes. John Barnes speaks very, very passionately and strongly about where we are with regards to racism. He's saying that it's important that people look at themselves and if you can put your hand up and say, do you know what? I'm guilty of unconscious racism or I was guilty on XYZ or during this period of unconscious racism, that's the term that John Barnes uses, then it's something that the more it happens, the further we will move away from these kind of silent silos of accepted racism towards something much better. And John Barnes tackles that head on. He talks about Liam Neeson confronting himself, his own emotions and feelings, and the utter disgust that Liam Neeson had for himself when he was able to draw himself back and and examine his behaviour. Now, Barnes went on to talk about how Britain, within England, within his sphere of existence, there are mass levels of unconscious racism. There is. It exists everywhere. It's a very difficult pill for people to swallow who are white because it's calling them out. And I don't think people want to be called out on their unconscious racism. So whereas lots of parties were condemning Liam Neeson and there seems to be boycotts or discuss boycotts over having his OBE taken away or not watching his movies, John Barnes actually went the other way and said, well, we actually need to commend this man because it exists in in many, many, many groups of people, many walks of life. And Liam Neeson has come out and said that it existed within him and he was deeply ashamed of it and that he moved on and away from those feelings. To expand on it, Barnes then talks about Raheem Sterling and his portrayal in the media, something that I discussed in my first episode of Race to the Bottom last year. Raheem Sterling is portrayed, the headlines are all funneled to achieve a certain narrative, which is to paint Raheem Sterling in a negative light and it always will have a very slight, very clever, sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes quite subtle reference to him being a black person and everything framed negatively as a subsection from that. 
the thing that really made me wake up and listen as John Barnes was going to town, I actually asked for like several minutes, which I just thought was brilliant, is something that, gosh, if you want to talk about massive pills that are difficult to swallow, John Barnes coming out and citing Winston Churchill as a white supremacist and a mass murderer, which only recently Piers Morgan took great delight in, in trying to embarrass a very well-informed MP from Scotland who actually had the guts to go on to GMTV live with Piers Morgan to discuss his point of view of Winston Churchill. His name was Ross Greer. He was pilloried by Piers Morgan on Twitter on his show. I made reference to the fact that Ross has ginger hair, called him, I think, a ginger turd. But Ross Greer was unrepentant in his statement and in his belief and also the evidence on Winston Churchill. It's something that we don't want to admit to, something that we don't even want to recognise. We don't want to read into it. John Barnes, England, Liverpool legend, has now used Sky News, which is kind of the last bastion of lads football, as a platform to call out arguably the most recognisable Britain, Winston Churchill, as a white supremacist and a mass murderer. That's where John Barnes is at the moment. Please read, please share, please be active. The second story that I just want to briefly raise is regarding the Middle East, it's regarding the AFC, the Asian Football Confederation, which is currently hitting the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Something that I'll talk about at the end of the month with a longer podcast. But there is currently a Bahraini footballer in, being detained in Thailand for an Interpol red notice and is being threatened to be deported back to Bahrain. That will be discussed on a wider scale, but the AFC are currently embroiled in that. They've just hosted the Asian Games in UAE. And a British man who has a dual citizenship or dual passport. He is British Sudanese. His name is Ali Issa Ahmad. Mr. Ahmad has been arrested in the UAE for wearing a Qatar football shirt during the Asian Games. Now, there's a lot of Middle Eastern rest at the moment. There is a blockade being exercised by Saudi Arabia, UAE and other countries towards Qatar because they believe that Qatar is funding militant Islamic forces. That's the backstory. So Mr. Ahmad, on all accounts, had submitted himself to a police station where he had informed police officers that he had been beaten up due to him wearing a Qatar football shirt. There's discrepancies over whether he self-inflicted his injuries, which would be quite a bizarre thing to do, and then turn yourself in. That's one of the strains of narratives that have come out from the UAE. One of the things that's happened separately to that is that the UAE actually lobbied the AFC in the semi-finals because they felt that Qatar had fielded an illegal player. That illegal player is also from Sudan. So you have a football fan, British Sudanese, beaten up, arrested, and you have a Qatari Sudanese footballer playing for Qatar who was highlighted as a possible illegally fielded player by the UAE. Now, the AFC quashed UAE's challenge and Qatar went on to win the tournament without any fans. Part of the UAE's statement on behaviour within their country is that you're not allowed to show, exercise any support for Qatar. That's what Mr Ahmad has done. He is currently arrested under imprisonment. Obviously the story will expand, but I, I wonder, is there any link between this infringement that the UAE felt was occurring on the pitch with a Sudanese player and a British Sudanese man who goes to watch Qatar, perhaps he went to watch as a result of, of the Sudanese player being part of the Qatari team, being arrested as a result. And so that's the end of today's podcast. Please like, share, retweet via Facebook and Twitter. 
If you do enjoy the show, please subscribe via iTunes and leave a comment. That'd be fantastic. Let me know if you have any questions. Like I said, I use Twitter a little bit more than Facebook. DM me if you need to. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>